today is Sunday, June 1st. I'm sorry, June 2nd. Just uh, took my last walk on the mountain for a while. I'm headed to Florida tomorrow to be down there for a week and then pick up my kiddos, which I cannot wait. But I've been up today praying specifically about um, this lady I've met, Shannon, and um, her friend Tanya, and then, you know, just really the whole situation with my love life, if there ever <laughs> will be one. But um, I noticed I've seen 919 every day since I've started talking to her, it seems like. Um, and I don't feel like God is telling me not to talk to her. I feel, I sense like what God may be trying to tell me is don't move forward in a, in a desire for a dating relationship with her. And so I'm a little confused because, you know, I had this really disappointing thing happen on Friday night with where I saw her and there was just, it felt like there was no chemistry on her part whatsoever. She just really, I could tell that she's cordial, but there's just nothing there. Um, it seems to me anyway. And then, you know, meeting Shannon and kind of being, wow, you know, she was very cute and she loves the Lord. And then of course it turns out that she's been praying about another guy. So she's not in that place and she's going through some healing and stuff like that. So I feel like the Lord may be telling me to, um, stay put. So I need to be very cautious and really listen to what he's telling me. I do not know what the heck's going on, but it seems like I've seen 919, I think twice today. I know I saw it once yesterday. Um, so I'm definitely confused. I, I don't know what God is trying to tell me, or at least I don't know what God is telling me the answer is finally going to be um, with anybody right now. So I've just asked him today to help me to be content. God help me to just be content with with not knowing and help me to be content being alone. And obviously I'm going to have a wonderful time this summer focusing on my children. Obviously, I have the little fear that pops in and goes, yeah, that's eight more weeks that's going to go by without you making any progress with any potential, you know, future wife and whatever, whoever she is, wherever she is, she's moving on forward with some, you know, so I'm hearing that kind of stuff. I know where that comes from. So it literally comes back to do I trust the Lord or do I trust me? And I am a person who has the ability to be anxious and want things now and to, to make it happen. And this is in particular in this area of my life. I'm, I'm where I'm weak. So um, I think I'm just going to have to be obedient to the Lord and not kind of really pursue much with Shannon at all and just be very cautious and keep it very friendly and um, just wait and see what the Lord has in mind. I mean, I have no idea. I'm still, you know, disappointed over what happened with I'm just kind of confused about the whole thing. So... Who knows what God will ultimately do? I certainly don't. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, I just wanted to capture that as an update real quick. It's Monday morning, June 3rd, and it's 7.35 in the morning. I'm 45 miles into my trip this morning, and I've already seen 555 four times this morning, <coughs> which was twice on the same vehicle, one on a address sign and one the side of a building and I was just like wow thank you God I have not been feeling super well this morning I feel fine physically but I noticed this morning that I have 
I'm feeling a little, um, I don't want to say grouchy, but just a tinge of just off. And I could notice it and I'm like, wow, I haven't felt like this in a long time, a long time. And I was wondering like, what could it be? I, I had a, a great night of sleep last night. I feel like I slept really well. And I spoke to Shannon last night for about two hours almost. I think we talked for close to two hours. And it was a wonderful conversation. It was very, um, I was just really encouraged to be able to encourage her and to hear more of her story. And it was just, it was very, very good conversation, just like the first time. Um, nothing, you know, weird, no weird feelings, no, um, you know, nothing outside of a plutonic relationship. It was just very friendly, um, open, honest, and I just, I don't know, there's something about me, I, I deeply care about her, even as a friend, I care about this woman. God has placed a, a real care. I just feel, I don't know how to explain it, I feel a certain sweetness when I talk to her, and I feel very comfortable talking to her, like, I don't have to be anything that I'm not. Um, not that I would be anyhow, but I don't feel any of that pressure at all. She really gets me for who I am, and I feel like I really get her for who she is. And she's empathetic to my past and situation, and I'm certainly empathetic to hers. And um, I don't know, there's just something really, really relaxing about having conversation with her. I really like her. And so... I was really blessed by that, but again, nothing weird. I'm not changing my expectations in anything with her, and I'm just, uh, God is gracing me to just be her friend, uh, and so then I, I woke up this morning, and I had a dream about, of all things, and I thought, man, this is weird. She was in this, like, hotel room with my mom and I, and she needed a place to stay or something, so she was sleeping on the floor, and she had this daughter young daughter who had something wrong with her like autism or something like that and she was laying there sleeping and and I was just staring at her and I thought oh she's just so beautiful and sweet and I was just staring at her desiring her you know not in a sexual way but desiring her as you know I still had this desire for her in this dream and she looked at me she opened her eyes I guess maybe she could feel that I was staring at her and so she opened her eyes and I quickly looked down in a way. I didn't want her to feel like I was sitting there, some weirdo staring at her. Um, and then she got up a little while later and she said something about her daughter and we were getting ready to leave or what have you. And um, I, there, I was just filled again with this hope that I was going to have a chance with her. But nothing happens in the dream. Nothing. It just kind of ends abruptly with no real meaning or anticipation of what's going to happen. And it just that's so weird. Um and so I wonder if maybe I woke up feeling a little down or something about that. That's kind of what I feel. I almost feel like I'm just a little down. And I shouldn't be. I don't know if it's because I'm going to Florida. If I always have this kind of spiritual oppression now when I go to Florida. I don't know what's going on. It's just really weird. I just wanted to capture it. But I saw 555 this morning. Then I listened to Shannon's uh, program she gave me this morning called From Desire to Destiny by... Um, this new guy, Jensen Franklin, and his message this morning was about desire and about the importance of having desire. 
and that without desire you've got nothing but with desire God can make things happen and so I was listening to that and I got kind of stirred up towards the end I wasn't feeling it really to begin with but I got kind of stirred up towards the end and one of the things that I felt impressed in my heart is I feel like God had given me a you know, about, a, say, six months ago, I had this huge desire to make a big impact. I feel like I've had a desire to make a big impact with a large number of people so that I I just feel like I have this desire to make a huge difference in a lot of people's lives through for Christ, a kingdom difference. And I, I even, you know, had toyed around the idea with having a million subscribers and just had this desire and I was praying for it and believing God for huge things and then the reality of a very slow beginning I think kind of humbled me a little bit and maybe took away or sobered some of those desires or, or, or let's say not sobered but maybe stifled them and um I realize that now I find myself going, oh, if I could just make a difference locally. Oh, if I could just, you know, I don't want to get things too complicated. And I feel like I have a desire to make a huge difference, but then I also have a fear of not being able to handle um, the administration and the management of something big and allowing my life to get overly complicated. And I, I've, I've, I've sitting here wondering if that has been the enemy's way of trying to kill some of my desire, whispering in my ear, oh, you could never handle that. Oh, you could never handle the administration of a big church. Oh, you could never handle the administration of a big ministry, whatever it is. It'll kill you, drown you. You don't have those skill sets. I've been thinking about some of those. I think it's, um, I think it's probably some, some wisdom in recognizing your, your weaknesses, but I'm also wondering if, you know, I'm being called to something bigger than me, and yet that fear kicks in. Which says, you know, you can't do this. Then I think another factor is I still do have such a desire for a wife. I still do want to find the wife that God would have me to have to go along this journey with me, to encourage me along the way, to let me encourage her along the way, and really just have a team effort. I really would like to be able to have somebody in my corner and somebody who will be my lover and my best friend and my partner and every, all of the above. And I think I'm also afraid of starting something complicated or big before I have my wife so that I can spend a good, you know, year or so really kind of laying a good foundation and really just pleasing each other and, and enjoying one another and establishing a foundation there instead of trying to throw a new marriage and a new relationship on top of a, a growing or a somewhat complicated ministry. So I think that's another concern I have. Um, but at the end of the day, I also realize that I cannot put more pressure on myself just because I hear a great message I can't all of a sudden say oh I gotta go I gotta do this I got. I don't think that's godly I think that I already have this desire that's not willing to quit I think that's evidenced by the fact that I'm living virtually 
like, you know, a, a poor person, totally poor, and I have a choice. I could go to work. I could, but I have yielded to live this life because of my desire to make a difference for God, because of my desire for Him. I love Him so much, and I, I want to be used of Him. So I think I have a tremendous amount of desire, actually. And it's mostly for God and to make an impact, um, not necessarily a vision for a certain amount of impact. I kind of just trust God for the results. But I think I'm, I'm in a season of waiting. So I want to make sure that I don't confuse my being obedient to wait in this season with a lack of desire. I think I kind of felt that a little bit in the message, like, whoa. You know, and then I had to realize, well, I'm in a season of waiting still and still being made up. But the fact that I'm willing to wait and the fact that I'm willing to endure and suffer because I'm suffering even more is, a, is evidence of desire, a tremendous desire to walk out God's will in my life, to please God, to have more of Him in my life, and to have Him be known more by more people. So anyhow, I just feel kind of just low energy and just kind of down right now. I don't know why. It's just weird. I don't know what... what I cannot put my finger on it. I don't know if it has something to do with, you know, me being talking to Shannon and then the dream with... Or... I don't know. It's just weird. So I just have to continue to wait and see what the Lord's doing. And in the meantime, I'm going to just continue to fill my mind with some good things and praise the Lord and give him thanks for everything he's already done and get excited about seeing my babies. I can't wait. The other funny thing that happened today that I almost forgot to mention in that last text was when I was driving down the road with Tanya coming back from the Mexican restaurant, I had just been thinking about Tanya while she was, I mean, while Tanya was talking to me, I was thinking about Shannon and then a car drove past us right as I had just finished thinking about her with a 212 license plate. And I even pointed it out to Tanya. I said, see there? And I said, that's 212. That's one of my numbers. And also that number happened towards the end of our first phone call where Shannon and I spoke. And so I'm going, God, is that you again reminding me to have the faith for Or is that you telling me that, oh no, it's Shannon. So I'm very confused because I'm not getting any 1111s with Shannon. I never got any 1111s with, um, you know, and I, so, you know, the things that God knows I'll pay attention to. Um, I did see a 616 this morning. Um, I think twice I saw when I looked over at Pastor Rusty's clock while he was preaching and saw that there was six minutes and 16 seconds left. And so I know the enemy might be shooting some flaming arrows at me and I need to put on, take up my shield of faith. But I saw that 212 and I was just thinking about Shannon. Now I heard a dating story about her today and just a couple of dating stories. And that made me feel a little odd. So I can tell I still do kind of maybe have some some interest and feelings for Shannon that have developed in that way. Because, you know, I hear about her dating other guys or whatever and that's kind of like, ugh, I don't like that. <laughs> but, um, so I felt a cooling off for her a little bit today. Probably because of that. And then just realizing, well, she's got a, a boyfriend and such, so or, or a guy she's praying about. So, I got a feeling maybe she and I are just going to be friends, and I need to just come to grips with that. And 
trust that either God is going to do something unbelievable with and turn this whole thing around and I've missed missed hearing God or, or missed uh, interpreting what happened on Friday night or I don't know but all I know is I need to stop trying to figure it out and I just got to hear the Lord trust Him that's one thing I know for sure is I don't need to try to figure all this out I just need to trust Him and, and rely on what I know and I know that the Lord speaks to me through these numbers and I can trust Him I mean whether it's court, whether it's my parents, whether it's money, whether it's women. I mean, God has just been so faithful to communicate to me with these numbers. So I'm going to continue to trust. And right now, until he tells me different, I think he's showing me 919 to give me the uh, the idea of don't move towards a dating relationship with Shannon. That's what I'm feeling. Just like he would tell me, don't contact, don't call, don't email. I feel like he's telling me the same thing. So... I'm going to trust it. Yesterday at church, shockingly, I ran into David. I haven't seen David in, it's got to be at least, you know, four or five years. And then previous to that, it was probably another four or five years. And I used to work for David years ago. It's, he was a he was a decent guy when he was married and family man, two boys he loved. He was a good business owner. And then he went through a terrible divorce and became a womanizer and really just turned into like a party animal probably in his mid-40s when that happened. I lived with him for a time, and I just always had some sort of a, you know, an affinity for him. I respected a part of him because he always made me feel special, and then I, as I became more and more close with Christ, I began to disrespect his lifestyle and kind of feel compassion for him, knowing that he was a good family man at one time, and that because of the divorce, he just ended up running wild in search of happiness and fulfillment and probably pain relief. But I ran into him yesterday at church, and for the first time, he actually looked older to me. You know, he's reached that age where he's all great, and I was real excited to see him. I was shocked to see him, and I've wondered about him several times. He was there with a friend named Linda. I gave him my business card, and his his friend Linda said, Wow, that sounds like our story, losing everything to find it all. And I gave him the card and said, Just watch the story, watch the story. I'm headed out of town tomorrow. Well, I've been seeing... 222 quite a bit today and I did get a contact that usually has to do with work that's usually God warning me to say no to some sort of a a job offer well one of my old bosses contacted me today from the seminar business and asked me to you know consider um, coming back into the business and doing some sales training and I had to tell him no and uh, he's actually in Florida wants to meet with me but then I just kept seeing it, and I saw it several times, and I'm like, God, what is this? What does this mean? You know, what's happening? And then I just received about an hour ago an email from David, you know, who's in real estate, and I'm just wondering what he's wanting me to he's wanting me to contact him, and I'm just wondering if maybe he's going to try to offer me some sort of a real estate job or, you know, something like that, and that that maybe is why God has shown me over and over 222. So I'm getting ready to call him, and I'll find out now. I just got a call from my old boss, Bobby Penson. He's now starting another seminar company. And of course, he's calling me to ask me if I'll speak and I'll be a part of this. And here I am again. I have no money. You know, I'm waiting upon the Lord. I've just set the ministry down and here comes another job offer. And immediately I just said, look, don't take it personal. But uh, the answer is no, I can't do anything like that. But um, it's getting easier for me. God is strengthening me in my ability to say no. So I'm getting lots of practice, and uh, I just wanted to capture this.
I just stopped for breakfast this morning. I have seen 919 twice. I'm listening to the Jensen Franklin CDs. I've seen 919 twice, and I'm like, you know, goodness gracious, Lord, what does that mean? And then I just stopped for breakfast at Dunkin' Donuts, and my total was $5.25, which is the same two numbers that I'm starting to see when I feel God is telling me to stop. And that is Galatians 5.25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I believe God is, unfortunately, I say unfortunate, goodness gracious, I should never say that it's anything unfortunate when God is asking you to do something. God only has our best interest in mind. How dare I say unfortunately. The reason it's unfortunate is because typically what I want and what God wants are different things, and that's just the reality of it, but... Um, or at least my flesh. And so I um, am now wondering, I was thinking about sending a text to Shannon today to let her know that I just, I really like her. I like her as a person. I feel very comfortable with her. And I'm wondering if maybe the Lord is suggesting that that might not be appropriate at this moment. I'm starting to feel a sense that he's wanting me to, you know, to not get ahead of myself here with... Shannon. And that makes me wonder a couple of things. It makes me wonder, like, did I just give up on too soon? You know, and am I supposed to persist in prayer? Like the program I just got done listening to is about prevailing prayer by Jensen Franklin. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep praying. And I'm like, well, you know, I was praying for, for the longest time, deep, heartfelt prayers. And and then I saw her on that Friday night and, you know, I just kind of, lost my enthusiasm or ho- some hope that that could ever be anything and um, so anyhow I'm really trying to pay attention here from the Lord I've been seeing lots of numbers today I've seen 555 now five times I've seen 777 twice and um, I've seen ask seek knock Matthew 77 616, Ephesians 616, take up the shield of faith with which to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. So I'm going to just prevail in prayer and keep asking God to direct my steps. I really don't know what he's up to, but I know to obey him when I hear him. I just saw 919 a third time, and it's only 920. Obviously, I saw it on the clock. Just the CD ended at that time, and I looked over... And there it was. So I feel absolutely certain that God is telling me to not move forward with Shannon. It must be that he's talking about with Shannon to be very cautious. I don't know if it's messing with her heart or God's plans are still for me with I mean, I just don't know. But I know that God is telling me right now to not move forward. I just finished listening to Jensen Franklin's message on prevailing prayer and I ended up praying for about 30 minutes and I just wept like crazy. I mean, just cried and wailed in prayer for my ex-wife, for her heart, for my children, for justice in the court, for finances, for my new friends, Shanna and Tanya, for my lack of faith, for for her children. And I just wailed in prayer before the Lord. It was so awesome. And um, I feel like the Lord is 
really telling me to not move forward at all on the Shannon thing. And I literally just saw another 919 and a 515. So now I have seen 919 four times by 940 this morning. And I've seen 555 at least five, if not six times now. And I also, while I was in the middle of praying, I passed mile marker 212. And I just, my eyes just looked right at it while I was in the middle of praying. And I almost feel like God may tell him, maybe telling me not to give up hope on to not just quit because I looked with my eyes and saw circumstances that didn't line up with what my my hopes were. <clears throat> but to believe in faith, what God has already told me. And to not doubt in the darkness what God has told me in the light. I don't fully understand what God is telling me, but I do know that God is telling me not to move forward with Shannon in anything other than a friendship that he's he's made it abundantly clear now and I've told him father I will obey you I will obey you so <clears throat> I'm allowed to have a friendship with her but I need to keep my conversation and my texting you know and make sure I don't ever insinuate anything that would lead her to believe anything different than a friendship and um, just trust God for the results but I felt so bad that I've given up on so quick just because, you know, I had one night that she was standoffish when, after all, God gave me a dream and showed me that that would happen in the dream. And God showed me that she was off the path in the dream and that she was trying to get back on the path and that I would ultimately help get her back on the path in the dream. And so if God is right and, the, and God gave me that dream, then, then the circumstances that I've seen so far are right in alignment with that and why would God have given me such a desire for her children to where I've been praying for them for so long you know and I don't know I'm just going to continue to believe God but I think God has made it abundantly clear I'm going to I'm going to do what Jensen Franklin has said now and if for some reason I'm wrong and I'm supposed to have a relationship and then was a placeholder I'm going to make it to where God has to push me into that door. I'm going to have to know it's from God. Because as of right now, I have a tendency to believe God's been trying to tell me to still wait and still have faith for And that Shannon was a test. And God is using her in his own way, maybe also for friendship, but to test me to see if I will obey him. And I have now clearly heard him and I will obey May God have mercy and direct my steps. I just made that last entry as I pulled into an exit in Georgia to get gas. I just left the exit, and as I get on the exit to hit to the Interstate 75 South, I look up, and directly in front of me are two billboards, each one with a giant 212 on it. I just saw another one as I was hitting record. Three 212s for exit 212. And the words I had just heard as I was driving down the the um, the exit was Isaac being put on the altar. Abraham did not stagger or unwaver in his faith that he full on believed in God. And here it is. I see again two twelve, two twelve, two signs right beside me. It's just amazing. Just amazing that I've been talking about all this, thinking about all this. I pull off an exit. I'm recording about this. I pull on to the exit and I see these signs. So now that's one, two, three, four, five. Um, Got to be at least seven or eight times now that I've seen 212 
and it's only 11 o'clock and I've been thinking about this and praying about it again this being Psalm 21 2 he has given you the desires of your heart he has not withheld the request of your lips and I also as I was pulling in it was 1101 Hebrews 1101 now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see so God in his unbelievable grace is just communicating to me abundantly telling me have faith believe wait trust me and then I sense in my spirit this is all just a wonderful test and um, wow it's really exciting to think about what God may may do it's hard to wait and you don't know until you see God's deliverance you don't truly know until you see God's restoration but it's exciting to think about it and I'm going to just continue to capture and journal all this because it really is amazing this is the message that I'm listening to right now I'm literally passing exit 212 right now I've now seen it at least a dozen times this morning Um, it is incidentally it was 1212212 the time I hit record on this recording and this is exactly the message I'm listening to while I'm passing exit 212 and seeing all these 212s. This is unbelievable. Listen to this. Climbing. He staggered not. I love this in Romans 4. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He staggered, one translation said, until he got to the promise. He was staggering at the fact that I'm going to kill my son when I get to the top of this mountain. He was staggering at the fact that, 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 that at what God had told him, but he staggered into a promise. Many of you are staggering because it feels like you're going through a test and through a trial, but my word to you is keep staggering until you stagger into a promise. Because the, because the miracle is in the word and it's in the promise. Gideon, the scripture said, was faint yet pursuing the enemy. God told him to do something and he got so weary that he's about to faint. But he said, I'm faint yet pursuing. Which means I'm falling, but at least I'm falling in the right direction. And he said, just give me a little piece of bread and wine so that I can be revived. And sometimes you come into God's house and you're staggering. And God says, here's some bread and here's some wine because you are about to stagger into a promise. Now, I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I feel like telling you that you won't fall. God's got a promise for you. You stagger until you get a hold of the promise. Give Him a praise, somebody. Hallelujah. I just pulled up to Kirkman off of 408, and I looked right at this billboard, and it's 11-11 on the billboard. And... I noticed I've been I saw that yesterday and I've seen 1111 one or two other places and I'm like God what is that? What are you trying to show me with the 1111? And I'm like are you trying to show me that show me that for Shannon because I never saw 1111 when I prayed about So today is the very first day. I think today is uh, June 11th. It's the very first day of summer at my um, parents' house. I'm on my walk this morning. I got up really early before everybody did so I can come spend time in prayer with the Lord. And as I'm praying this morning about this summer and that God having His way in the hearts and lives of my children, that He would help me to train them and teach them. I'm also praying 
that things go well between my mother and I. I really believe this summer is an opportunity for me to um, pass this test and for me to grow in character. And I feel the number one thing that the Father is showing me this morning is to overcome evil with good. When my mother reacts in fear or is manipulative and controlling, bossy, that is evil behavior. That does not come from the Lord. And so what the Bible says is that we are to overcome evil with good. And very similar to the story Chip tells of the bully where he began to finally fold his clothes and, you know, get out his deodorant for him or just do nice things for him. He overcame the evil with good. At one point he wanted to kill him, but he decided to be nice to him. And I'm really praying that God has given me the grace this summer to literally kill my mother with kindness just yes ma'am her no ma'am her and look her in the eyes be kind to her be respectful to her and I just sense that even as I'm saying this that this is the big final test for me before God will let me go that God is still training me I get it I get it I get it now more than I ever have up to this point that God is literally training me. He has not just put me apart to, you know, kind of let me slowly develop some character, but rather He has got me in training class. And I need to be patient with this training, but I also, I believe, can impact how long the training has to take. So, I am going to be praying every day on this mountain before everybody gets up. Not for my strength, but for God's strength to help me. Give me the grace to let me have the heart of Christ. I'm going to remind myself, overcome evil with good. Don't react to it. Respond. And I'm going to train myself to remember Jesus when He says, Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, or lowly in heart. And I just think... That's such a good way to be. I feel, even now as I say those words, I am gentle and humble in heart. It actually becomes a part of me even as I say these words and I desire to be that. And I really want to try to love my mother out of her own bondage. Love her out of her fears, her need to control, and all this craziness that's going on. So that's... The number one message I have, and this will probably be the most valuable message I record all summer, by the end of the summer, if I'm able to pass the test with God's help, which I am totally going to believe that I am going to do. Today is Thursday, June 13th. I've had the kids now for uh, three days. Uh, today will be the third day they've been in Alabama, and the trip down was incredible. They are just, they were so well behaved. Um, better than they've ever been, which has always been good. And um, didn't really get to talk a whole, whole lot about God the first day. It was just kind of getting here. And then the conversations have now started. And we're keeping a pretty regular conversation going about the Lord. And yesterday was incredible. We went on a mountain uh, trail. We went up on the Green Mountain Trail um, on Green Mountain. And we ended up having such deep conversation about God and the devil and all of that that we had to stop and sit on a bench 
And the kids have been asking about everything from demon possession to how can you tell, Chelsea in particular has really been asking amazing questions like, Dad, how can you tell when somebody's really a Christian versus somebody who says they are and then asks you to do bad things or, you know, what have you. And so I've been teaching them the importance of listening to what comes out of people's mouth, the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, and um, also teaching them to watch people's actions and behaviors and do they talk about God. A real Christian will want to talk about God um, and about the things of God. They'll be interested in God, not just in using His name or saying they're a Christian. So, um, they have shared with me several things that lead me to believe that they are starting to realize that mom and coach and grandma are not behaving like true Christians. They told me yesterday that um, grandpa coach gets really mad at them and gets angry and yells um, at Nathan just because he didn't eat his cereal. He didn't finish his cereal and he gets angry and Chelsea says, yeah, he gets angry a lot. And they seem to be handling it okay. I've just explained to them that that's not the right kind of behavior for a Christian. And they just, I, 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 today I am just praising God so much that He is opening their hearts and that He is um, pouring out His Spirit upon them because for them to be asking the kind of questions they are is just incredible. And they're not asking out of curiosity. They're asking deep questions because they want to know. And so this has just been a real blessing. Things have been pretty awesome with my mom. So far I've been really just trying to humble myself, respect her in every way. Let her have her space, and if she's not doing so good, check in on her to see what can we do to make her better. And she's uh, told me twice that she loves me and came over out of her way to to give me a kiss. And uh, I think she's feeling pretty happy about that. I'm really trying to um, just totally humble myself. It's her house. I don't need to worry about it. If she wants the crumbs picked up, if she wants that chair put, then that's her house. That's her rules. That's her way, and I'm going to respect it. So. And I'm going to ask my kids to respect it. So, so far, it's going great. There have not been any incidences. Granted, it's only been, you know, two full days, Tuesday and Wednesday. But I don't even sense the stress level building yet. So, I'm going to continue to pray for peace. Continue to pray for just an amazing, fruitful time. And uh, that we'll all get along really, really well. And be good examples of Jesus Christ. So this is an update on uh, yesterday. Yesterday was Thursday the 13th and um, had an amazing time with the children. Took them on a, a trail walk. Actually, I think this was the day before this happened on Wednesday. I took them on a trail run up in the Green Mountain area. While we were talking about God, we heard this loud crash. There was no wind, no nothing. Heard this loud crash it sounded like a guy coming down a hill on a mountain bike and then just totally face planting and we turned around to look to see what it was we couldn't find anything we figured it was a tree falling it was right in the middle of while we were talking deep things about God and Satan and the kids got scared um, and they began to wonder hmm do you think daddy that might have happened on 
purpose, and I began to explain to them, yes, that very much could have happened on purpose as a way of distracting us. I began to explain to them how the devil can't stand the idea of me teaching my children about God and about him and his ways. That happened. Then we were at the movie theater earlier that morning, and um, we were talking about God. We were on our way to the movie theater, and just as we passed down the one road, goes out. I see her, and she pulls right out behind us. And of course, just the thought that she was driving in her car right behind us, that became a huge distraction to me. And I ended up getting cut off in the phone con or the conversation with the children, totally delaying the talk about God. Um, then yesterday, the kids have begun to confess the way they're being treated. In particular, Nathan is being treated being treated very angrily by coach, grandpa, and he's basically emotionally and verbally abusing Nathan, and he's already my little son who has challenges sometimes with his own anger, and comes to find out his grandfather is the one who's being angry to him, and yelling at him because he didn't finish his school, threatening to make him walk home, dropped him off one time on the side of the road, um, and took off with all the other kids in the car and left him. And then came back and got him, but just terrifying him, trying to control him. And he's a nice boy. I mean, this kid does not deserve to be treated like this at all. So we found out about this yesterday. This morning I've been praying, God, how do you want me to respond to this? Because I know that it is critical that I respond how God would have me respond. My mom's all worked up over it, and she's, you know, got her own stuff she probably is dealing with. And then... The only thing I can think of is I need to not let her get involved in this at all. Because this is more of a spiritual matter than it is anything. So, yesterday I had a conversation with Nathan to let him know that he knows he does not deserve to be treated like this. That this is Grandpa's problem, not his problem. And I asked him to tell me how he felt about it and told him that he is okay and he does not deserve to be treated that way and that that behavior is wrong on Grandpa's part. He's not acting like a Christian man. They already know this because they've already been telling me all kinds of things. Grandpa's saying that I'm going to hell. I don't ever pay mom any money. I never have. I never will. I'm not a Christian, and I'm going to hell. This is the latest thing that Tyler has told me. Tyler also says that Grandpa says, don't tell anybody this. So he'll say things like that and then say, don't tell. So I also explain to the children that anytime an adult tells you to not say something, that is wrong and that is of the devil. Unless it's a secret birthday surprise, but when they do something that's wrong and they tell you not to tell, that that is full-on behavior of the devil. That is demonic. So I've explained that to them and that they're to never keep any secrets from Daddy and that Daddy will not do anything to get them in more trouble. So this morning I've been praying about this and I literally started to just cry for James and Lillian and for just feeling so sad and I've just prayed all morning or for at least 15, 20 minutes in my prayer walk that God would soften their heart, that He would break their heart with what breaks theirs, and that He would literally bless them and turn their marriage around, turn their life around, remove the anger, remove the chains, because James was treated this way by his father. His father was a miserable human being, and so he's just passing on, you know, the hurts of another generation, and now he's trying to pass it to my kids, and I refuse to allow, with God's help, the devil to make ground in the lives of my children on this and to bound them up and put shackles on them. So 
as of right now, what I feel the Lord is telling me to do, rather than to respond directly to them, because this requires wisdom. Ordinary human instinct would say, well, you, you need to call up and jerk a knot in his tail. You need to call up and send a letter. You need to sit the kids down in front of a video camera, have them say all this stuff that they've been telling you, and then send them the videotape to say, hey, what you're doing is not going unnoticed. But everything God has been teaching me is, is to understand that God sees it all, whether you record it. In fact, love makes no record of wrong. So that's the first unchristian behavior thing to do but that we can overcome evil with good. That we don't have to confront it in a negative way. In particular, you have to recognize, is this a physical battle or a spiritual battle? And this is full-on a spiritual battle. When you're dealing with issues of anger and generational sin, um, heart issues, this is a spiritual battle. And the Bible says that we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. And we do that through the Spirit, through prayer, and through love. So I really am feeling that what God is wanting me to do is just to pray for them continually that their hearts would change. Obviously give my children the opportunity to know the truth about what they're hearing, that this is not God's plan, uh, that they are not bad, and they don't deserve to be treated this way, and that other people's issues are not their issues. So I'm just going to continue to pray and continue to teach the children until God tells me anything different. But for right now, He's wanting me to just continue to remain in love, trust Him. And of course, that sounds completely opposite of what any other person would do. But that's what I do when I hear from the Lord. I'm going to obey Him. It's 6.01 on June 17th, Monday, um, 2013. It's been an incredible first week with the kids. Uh, they have been an absolute, just such a joy to be around. The first week has gone by really fast, and I have had—I haven't even felt the need for a break at all. And I've had the kids twenty-four-seven for since uh, Saturday morning, last Saturday morning, so nine days, and um, it's just been amazing. I just have had so much fun and been able to talk to the kids about God so much and yesterday I just want to capture this note that yesterday was an amazing day I took Chelsea to get her an ice cream because she didn't get to go with me the other day and it's Father's Day yesterday so we went to Yogurt Mountain and on the way there I felt prompted to, sh- to let her know that if she's ever feeling anything in her heart um, that she knows Daddy is safe and she can share and I don't want her to ever think that she has to hold anything in she began to open up and she began to talk more and more about the things that coach and grandma and mom have said about me that they then turn around and say, don't tell your dad this in particular coach. And, um, it was, it was horrible. I mean, to hear my daughter say these things, I eventually, I just started to cry. I just started to weep and I told her, I'm so sorry. And she reached over and gave me a hug at a stoplight and We just held each other and I said, baby, I'm so sorry that you're having to hear this about your daddy. And I said, I just want you to know that it's not true. And I asked her, basically they tell her that there's a rope and that dad has reached the end of God's rope. And that because of that, there's no more chances for me to go to heaven and that I'm going to go to hell. And that dad has um, not given mom any money. I never have. I never will. I'm not a real Christian. They have uh, been caught in the act of telling me a couple of things that grandpa or coaches said and they got in trouble by grandma 
and Grandma made her feel, feel made him feel guilty, saying your grandpa puts a roof over your head and food on the table, and you should be thankful for that. And da 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 da. And they're manipulating the children and telling them not to tell their dad these mean, horrible things that they're saying about their father. So I just sat and I spent the whole time assuring Chelsea that Daddy's not mad at them that it doesn't hurt me anymore, that God has given me this grace and that I pray for them. And I said, in fact, let's pray for them now. And so we pulled over and we prayed for them, for God to have mercy, for God to love them. I assured her that God did love them all, that God did not hate them. She said, Daddy, God's going to have to do something mean to them to get them to stop. And I said, Honey, God wants them to stop, and He may do something like that. I said, But God is full of mercy. And he doesn't want them to continue to be like this. He wants them to change their behavior. And I said, so we need to pray for them every day. And I just assured her that I loved them and I forgave them and that they were doing all of this out of anger that they couldn't understand. And I just began to cry because I couldn't believe that my little eight-year-old daughter was having to hold all of this stuff inside of her little heart. She's having to have a relationship with her mommy who loves her, her grandparents who love her, and then her daddy who adores and loves them. And they're having to hear, she's having to hear all these horrible things about her daddy. And then she's trying to have a relationship with her daddy. Thinking that her daddy is gonna has either done these bad things or will do these. And I said, honey, do you believe any of that stuff's true? She says, no daddy. And she says, I don't like it when they say these kind of things. It's It hurts. It makes me so sad. And she just... She said, they keep saying that you're going to go to hell, Daddy, and that you're a bad person and all that stuff. And I said, honey, let me ask you a question. I said, when you look at Daddy's behavior and the words that come out of Daddy's mouth, and you look at your parents over there and your grandparents and your mommy's behavior and the words and things that come out of their mouth, I said, which one seems more like Jesus to you? She said, you, Daddy. And I said, baby, that's all you need to, to do is remember, don't listen to what people say when you ask them. Listen to what comes out of people's mouth when nobody's asking them. Just listen to what they say and, and look at what they do. Did, do they look like Jesus Christ? And so she got it, and she just reached over and gave me a big old hug. Um, and we just both cried. I mean, it was absolutely amazing, but it was sad. But it, I was so happy. And I said to her, I said, Baby, don't you feel better now that you've gotten that out and you don't have to carry it anymore? And she said, Yes, Daddy. So we went and sat down and had ice cream, and it was just amazing. Just amazing. And then you could tell she was just so weightless. And she felt so good because she got to get that off her chest, and she didn't have to hear anything negative about her daddy, about her mommy, and, and her grandpa and grandma from daddy. Daddy just said, we need to love them, pray for them, forgive them, and ask God's best for them. So that all happened yesterday. <clears throat> this morning as I sit down to pray, my heart's cry is for Father, Father God's presence. I, even though I'm spending all my time talking about Him, even though I'm, you know, helping the kids learn to know about Him, we're watching the Bible, we're reading the Bible, we're talking about the Bible, we're talking about God, we're praying, it's still not enough. And I see how important it is to have one-on-one -on -one personal time. This morning I said, Father, please let me think of you throughout my day and be with me. Let me have your presence because I don't want to live without God's presence. I really just felt this strong, strong 
you know, need for his presence, no matter how much you talk about him, like, I would have been happy years ago to just spend this much time talking about him, now I'm not, I cannot just talk about him, I need his presence, I must talk to him, be with him, and um, I just wanted to capture that, the other thing is, everything I'm going through right now, I still have no money, I received an IRS bill yesterday, saying they're going to levy my assets if I don't, you know, comply, and I still haven't had the money to do so, so I have about $3,500 I owe the IRS, and I'm behind now, full 30 days on last month's payment, and a couple of days on this month's payment for child support, so I'm technically really behind on one payment, um, but I need help, and God is, I'm seeing 511, and I've been seeing 555 every day, God's grace, so I'm still trusting Him. This morning I received a, a message from uh, Wisdom Hunters about stay in process. It was about the idea of persevering through the training time and uh, trusting God in the process and not putting your eyes upon the process, you know, but really having faith in God through the process and being patient and enduring. Last night I had seen 511, which is all about endurance, persevering. And then I had a word this morning, persevere in my, my devotion. So I feel like God is telling me to keep persevering. Yesterday was kind of the worst day I've had in a while. I had a bad, bad headache almost all day long. Um, might have been some caffeine, some sinuses. Allergies, not sure. Um, but got better last night as we went to uh, concerts in the park. But this morning, I'm realizing how, you know, how busy I've been with the kids nonstop now for... You know, I guess eight or nine days, and uh, I'm not getting that prayer alone time with God in the woods, and I have not had a minute to myself really, other than just in the morning time. So um, I haven't been on my prayer walk in a couple of days, so I can see how absolutely critical it is because you start to feel so different, and I'm afraid. I do not want to grow cold towards God at all. So I'm realizing how important it is this morning. So last night after the whole thing happened with me seeing 212, after I was just thinking about coming home from Starbucks, and really just filled with hope and faith again to, to wait for her, um, really have no feelings at all for this Shannon girl, and really realize that that was probably just a distraction or a test, maybe God allowing me to be confused, so I'll stop trying to figure this whole thing out and just wait and trust and do what He wants me to do right now which is really focusing on my children and then storing up the commands of Christ. So, last night I see the 212. My hope is reaffirmed. I'm thinking about her. I see the car that has 212 on it turning right, right next to me. Last night at 9.49, watching a movie with the kids, my phone gets a text. I look up, and it's of all things. And that messes me up. I end up not sleeping very well last night. I end up spending too much time thinking about it. And I can feel the temptation. I'm thinking to myself, here I am, I've been recently sandwiched between two single women widows who both of them are attractive. One of them I feel like I have feelings of love for, for, you know, going on 10 or 11 months now. And really I'm being rejected by both of them. You know, Shannon doesn't even hardly count because, I mean, that was just a quick thing and I was kind of confused and... Want to know, you know, why why did I meet this woman? And I had some interest, but um, I, I don't have anything, any interest in her other than being a friend now. 
but with thinking to myself, it's all rejection. And she really has no interest in me at all. And then here's this other woman who's attractive, um, albeit she's, you know, in my mind, a, a very injured person. But there's that temptation. Here's a woman who wants me. She's got money. And it's just a distraction from the devil. Totally, total temptation test. Um, I think just like Pastor Rusty said, I can feel the need to be strengthened. God is strengthening me in this because I continue to resist. I find the timing of this interesting. Just hours after, not even hours, maybe maybe an hour and a half after I had just reestablished my firm faith and hope for this happens. So last night I didn't sleep very well thinking about that. Then I did have an, a dream about and in the dream, it's a struggle for me to... It, in the dream, I'm trying to get close to her without going over the top and without pushing her away. I'm trying to be as cool and calm and slow as I can. And just the whole dream is me hoping that she will come around, that she will see who I am and begin to trust me and, and want to know more about me. And the dream doesn't end in any particular way that I can remember, but I do remember it becoming more favorable, but... There was just a huge labor in the dream. So I find it very interesting all this is happening. I know it's warfare, um, you know, being tempted, tested. So today I'm going to reestablish my hope and trust in God, give it back to Him so that I'm not carrying these anxieties and just continue to trust.